from the Thinking Out Loud studios, it's the Thinking Out Loud podcast with Kevin and Kyle, the podcast that exists to help you navigate the culture of today from a biblical perspective and to help you grow in your relationship with God. God has commissioned and called you to be a light in this culture. The only way you can do that is to know the truth. No matter what circumstance you're facing, no matter what season of life that you're in, if you truly want to find success in that season, you're going to have to go back to the simple question of what does God say about me in this moment? There's no shortage of information in this culture, but there is a shortage of truth. Welcome back to the Thinking Out Loud podcast. My name is Kevin Wilson, and I am happy to be with you guys back again for this week for another show. And of course, you can join into the conversation at 248-301-2010, 248-301-2010. Why don't you go ahead and save that in your phone as TOL or thinking out loud. That way, if you have a question for us, if you have a comment about a show, it could be any of the shows. You can text this line 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's anonymous. I don't know who you are. And here's the thing. If you've got a show topic suggestion, you've got questions, you've got feedback, whatever you've got, send it to us. We'd love to hear from you. If this show has been a blessing to you, if you've learned something from this show, listen, don't hesitate. We love encouragement. Send that in to us and we would greatly appreciate that. And of course, don't forget to rate and review us. Apple, Google Podcasts, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon, Podchaser, Stitcher, all the places, right? Oh, and so many other places we are as well. But if you on any of those platforms, if it gives you the option to rate us, go ahead and rate us, review us there. Also, you can follow us and subscribe to us on all of those platforms. That way you don't miss a show. And that way you don't miss some maybe special things that we have coming up in the future. Just want to make sure that you guys have that information. And then, of course, thinkingoutloudmedia.com. It's thinkingoutloudmedia.com. If you go to the homepage there, if you scroll down, by the time you're hearing this message, I'm not sure if the website will be back to normal. It's up, it's running, it's secure, it's all that good stuff. It's just that an update happened and kind of made things look a little wacky on the site. (laughs) But everything is working, it's secure. And so if you want to go there, you want to donate to us, you certainly can do that. You could donate to us by going to the homepage there at thinkingoutloudmedia.com. If you scroll down towards the bottom of that page, you'll see the donate button there. Click that button. It'll take you straight to PayPal and PayPal. You can set yourself up for a monthly donations or you can do a one time gift. There's no gift too small. There's no gift too large. Listen, the reason why you're hearing this show today is because there are people just like you that are donating monthly so that this show can be on the air. And so I want to say to all the donors that are out there. I appreciate you so much, and I thank you. And don't let the few people who are donating every month do all the heavy lifting. You know, if you think about us, if we've been an encouragement to you at all, if you've learned something from us, why don't you drop by the website or you can text us at 248-301-2010, and we can certainly give you the link to our Zelle or our cash app. We've also got Venmo, all the things, right? So that you can do it that way. And so appreciate that. So, well, last time, (laughs) last time we were together, we started talking about the gifts of the spirit and we went through and, and I will tell you this, if you have not listened to the last show, It is imperative that you listen to that show because this show is a continuation of the last time we were together. And so 
I just want to make sure that you get this in its entirety. I think it's really important of that. And so last time we were together, we talked about the gift of wisdom and the gift of knowledge, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, the gift of miracles, all of those gifts we talked about. And we talked about some of those things in depth. And so I think it's really important that you listen to that show if you haven't. Now, We are going to get into probably this second half of the gifts are probably the most controversial gifts that are out there, right? You know, people don't complain too much about some of the other gifts, right? Um, You know, but when it comes to some of the gifts that we're going to talk about today, we have a lot of controversy in the church. And like I said, last time we were together, you know, a lot of these things are denominational issues, right? And so, you know, for myself, I tend to be non-denominational in the way I believe because I don't really care what a denomination believes. I care what the Bible actually says. And so a lot of times people go in blindly to denominations, not really understanding what the denomination believes. You know, one of the things that churches are doing now and it have been doing for a while. And to an extent, I get it. You know, I did the same thing with my church when I was pastoring was, you know, you take off the denomination name, right? So, you know, if you go to a church, it might be New Life Church or it could be, you know, Grace Community Church or, you know, whatever, pick your name, right? And what ends up happening is they drop the denomination. So it's not Grace Baptist Church or New Life Presbyterian Church. It's just New Life Church. Well, what you have to do is a lot of times you have to go to their website and go to what we believe, right? Or understand that the theology behind what is being taught to you every Sunday morning, it's very important. And so for me, you know, Like I said, I just tend to be non-denominational, right? I may go to churches that are part of denominations. Like right now, I go to a church that's part of a particular denomination, but that doesn't interest me as much as the word of God does, right? I just happen to agree with uh, probably 99% of what my denomination, you know, teaches, right? But but by the same token, if they got off or they got in, in, into error, or if they were start preaching things that weren't true or start standing for things that weren't biblical, again, for me, for Kevin, I am non-denominational. I want to do everything that I can do to bind myself to the word of God and what the word actually says is true, right? And so that's one of the things that we want you to do here. We want you to think biblically, right? We want you to know what the Bible actually says and how to rightly divide the word of God. I think that is so extremely important that we understand and that we know is how to rightly divide the word of God. And I know that there were a few a few episodes back, we talked about the most misused scriptures in the Bible. You know, the most used, misused scriptures that we see people do in society. But, you know, when you go back to episode 67 and 68, we actually talked about the most misused scriptures that we see Christians misuse. But I also, in those episodes, teach you how to study the Bible. You know, we talk about exegesis and eisegesis and how people take a scripture out of context and all of those type of things and how that happens. So, you know, I would encourage you to go back. If you haven't listened to episode 67 and 68, do that because I think it is very important for you to understand that. And so when we talk about these things that we're talking about today and the reason why I even bring up denominations is because we, you know, we as people kind of put our stake in the ground based on the denomination of the church that we go to. And we believe it because they believe it, not because we believe it. And the reason why we can't say we believe it, and it's just because they believe it, is because you feel like, well, they've done all the work. 
they've done all the work, so and they seem pretty smart, so maybe I should just follow what they say. No, you shouldn't follow what anyone says. You should follow what the Bible says, right? Then line that up with what you hear in the pulpit on Sunday mornings, what you hear on this podcast, what you hear on other podcasts, you know, things that your mom and dad say, or your sister, or your brother, or your uncle, or your cousin, or whoever it is. It doesn't matter who it is. What matters is what the truth is. Guys, I'm addicted to the truth. That's what I want right? I do not want anything else. I want the truth. And I want that for you. That's one of the reasons why when you listen to the beginning of the show, we say there's a lot of information in this culture, but there is a shortage of truth. And it, cause that's so true. Think about how much information is coming at us at such a high rate of speed. I mean, you just take that little device that you have in your hand that we call a cellular phone and you are in touch with the world, Right. And all of them are saying something about pretty much everything, right? You got celebrities speaking at you. You got pastors talking to you. You got politicians talking to you. You got other family members and friends on social media talking to you. I mean, you've got everything you could possibly think of at your fingertips. How much of it is actually true? So I say with all the things that are spoken in your church, all of the things that you hear on the radio or watch televangelists or whatever we do as Christians, how much of those things are actually true? And we need to dig and study to make sure that we know that. And so that's why this is so important. All right. Well, let's jump in to the controversial part of this. Okay. So we're looking at, so we did all the other, the gifts, we've got a few more to go. And we're going to start off, we're going to kick it off super controversial with the gift of prophecy, all right? The gift of prophecy. And, you know, this one is very, very, very scrutinized, you know, and it's unfortunate. And it's unfortunate on two ends. One end, it's unfortunate because it's scrutinized. But the other end, it's unfortunate And the reason why it's scrutinized is because people have abused this. People have used this to lord over people. They've used it to, you know, to further their own agendas, right? Well, God told me, God said, God told, you know, I spoke to God yesterday and I heard him tell me to tell you, right? And just because somebody said God said does not mean that God said it. Right. We find that in scripture, you know, just because people say that God said something, there are some people that will say God said something and they are flat out lying to you. Right. And and I know that sounds crazy. And you're like, Kev, how in the world would anybody, anybody say that God would say something that he didn't actually say? Well, <laughs> you know, some people's conscience is seared right? Some people have no conscience, right? They've been doing what they're doing for so long, trying to deceive people and all of these type of things that frankly, they just don't care. All they care about is patting their pockets. All they care about is whatever the thing is that they are trying to, their agenda that they're trying to fulfill, right? And so I think We have to be very, very careful. So understand when I talk about this gift right now, it is very important that we discern if what we're hearing is from God. And let me say this, anytime somebody quotes prophesies over you, it needs to line up with scripture. If it doesn't line up with scripture, it is not from God. God does not contradict himself to speak through somebody else that is going to be something completely opposite that you cannot find in scripture, either plainly in scripture or in principle, right? So if God says, if somebody comes up to you and says, God told me that everyone is supposed to be rich, right? And they say that to you, they are lying and God did not say that. Because the Bible says, you know, Jesus literally said to his disciples, the poor you will always have with you, right? So 
So if the if Jesus himself is telling his disciples that the poor you will always have with you, right? And we see poverty all over the place. And somebody comes and prophesies and says, well, it is God's will that everyone be rich. No, it's not God's will that everyone be rich. That's just not true, right? And so, you know, so let's talk about, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but let's talk about prophecy. What is prophecy to begin with, right? Prophecy is the gift to declare a message from God. Just simple. It's a gift to declare a message from God. Now, here's some different ways that you may see prophecy show up, okay? Now, one of the ways you'll see prophecies show up is you may see it in a church setting, right? So you're in church, worship is going on, and you're, you know, you're just listening to the worship, you're singing along, you're just in the presence of God, and all of a sudden, someone may either speak in a tongue, okay? And I'm going to read scripture for this right in just a few seconds here. Somebody may speak in a tongue, and then you hear somebody else interpret what that person says in English, okay? Now, this is very biblical, and I want to read it to you. Let's start at 1 Corinthians 14. Let's start at verse 26. Now, this is Paul talking to the church at Corinth, and helping them to understand how to do prophecy, right? When God moves in a sanctuary, when God begins to move amongst a gathering of people, how is it that you're supposed to do this and it not get out of hand, right? You see all kinds of weird stuff on TV. You've heard of weird stuff. Maybe you've been in part of weird services, right? We've all been a part of them, okay? Especially if you kind of run in these circles, And to be honest with you, one of the reasons why, you know, a lot of churches steer clear of the gifts of the spirit, which I think is a very detrimental to the body of Christ. But the reason why they do it is because people have made a mockery out of it, right? People have abused and misused the gifts. Okay. So let's read in first Corinthians 14, 26 through 33, and this will help you to understand how this should happen in church, right? Not what Bishop, a chief apostle so-and-so said. No, what Paul said directly to the Corinthians, all right? So he said, what then shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation, Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. Now, there you go again, right? So remember, when we were together last time, we said that the reason for the gifts is to build up the body of Christ, to edify the body of Christ, okay? So it says in verse 27, it says, if anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak one at a time. And someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. Right? So first of all, Paul is saying, listen, if there's a prophecy to be given, first of all, we're going to do this decently and we're going to do this in order. Why? Because God is not the author of confusion. God is the author of peace right? He's the author of order and unity, okay? So Paul says first, if somebody has a prophecy, and there could be multiple people who have a prophecy at church, right? Or in a gathering of believers. But he said, if three people have it, only one should be speaking at a time, right? So if you're in a church and somebody is speaking in a tongue or speaking a prophecy and somebody else is trying to speak over them or there's multiple people speaking at one time, that is chaos. That is not God. It's chaos. It is not God, right? And so it is imperative that we heed Paul's instructions here. It just says, if anyone speaks in a tongue, two, or at the most three should speak one at a time, and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. 
right? So at that particular point, if somebody gets up and they just start, you know, speaking in a tongue, okay? <laughs> and you're like, okay, and it's loud and it's kind of disruptive, right? Because sometimes God disrupts the service and that's good. We need that. We want God to disrupt our services. You know, sometimes we get so stuck in our own, you know, ecclesia, right? The way we do church that we don't stop and allow God to interrupt us. So there are times that God will do so, right? But if that happens and somebody starts speaking in a tongue, right? It shouldn't be a thing where, you know, that person does that and then there is no interpretation. There should be an interpretation, right? Because God's not going to have somebody blurt something out that no one knows what the tongue is. They don't even know what the person is saying and just yell that out in the middle of a service. And, you know, they say they do that for 30 to 40 seconds, maybe a minute, maybe it's longer, right? Well, no one knows what they're saying. So all that was, was a disruption, okay? So what Paul is saying here is if you're going to do that, you need to just pray to God, right? Right? Take that prayer language, because that's probably what it was. Take that prayer language and just you pray to God by yourself, but don't disrupt the service because of that. But when somebody has the gift of prophecy and or they may have the gift of interpreting tongues. You'll understand this here in a second because we're going to talk about the gift of tongues. We're going to talk about the gift of interpreting tongues, okay? And so, but all of this stuff works together. But if you've got a prophet in the house, if you've got somebody that God moves on and through with a prophetic gifting, that person nine times out of 10 is going to be prompted by God. God's going to begin to download what that other person is saying into that person with the prophetic gift, and they're going to interpret what that person said in tongues, right? Nothing messy about that. Nothing weird about that. None of that. That is beautiful. That is like, that's awesome. And you want that in your service, right? Let's look at verse 29. 1 Corinthians 14, again, 26 through 33, we're at verse 29. Two or three prophets should speak, and the other should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. Again, in turn, wait your turn. The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. Now, there's some key points I think that we need to take from this. One of the points is that, you know, everybody needs to prophesy in turn. That's one of the points, okay? The other point is that the spirits of the prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. Now, here's what you may have seen, because if you've been a part of a healthy church, you may have seen this happen. Somebody, you know, speaks in a tongue, another person interprets it, or somebody just starts speaking because sometimes, you know, not all the time are you going to have a tongue before a prophecy is spoken. There's times that a prophecy will be spoken and there is no tongue. There's just a prophecy that's spoken. Okay. Now, if somebody does that and the pastor, the shepherd of that house who is responsible for that house, who is given account to God for what he allows to go on in that house because he is the shepherd. He is supposed to be watching over his sheep, which is the people of God, right? He's got to be a good steward of them. He may get up and he may shut somebody down, right? And you might be sitting in your pew or in your chair and thinking, Whoa, man, that was really God. I I thought that was God. Why did he sit this guy down? Right. Or the pastor may get up and move the service in a different direction. He may not address that person publicly. He may address that person privately, you know, whatever the pastor sees fit, because God has put him as the shepherd of that house. Right. And if that pastor is really seeking God, he will be able to discern if a prophecy is of God or if it's not, right? Now, 
It doesn't mean that everyone who prophesies out of turn is doing it in a malicious way or trying to be seen or something like that. Sometimes a person may say something out loud that they think was for everyone and truly it was for them, right? And so sometimes it just lands and it lands awkwardly, you know, and that's okay. You know, if the pastor notices that, he may just gently, you know, talk to them after service or he has all rights because he is the pastor of the house. He can get up and publicly say that was not of God, because, again, what a pastor's job, one part of his big part of his job is to protect the sheep. So he doesn't want somebody saying, well, thus saith the Lord. And it's really not the Lord. Right. So he's got to correct that. So again, when we look at this, you know, the spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets, right? You don't just get to do whatever you want to do. Oh, I'm prophet so-and-so and everything I say is gold. No, you're subject to the rest of the prophets in the house. You're subject to the pastor in the house. You're subject to those who have discernment of spirit and understand whether that was of God or not. Right. And if you're a true prophet, you will accept correction. If you're a true prophet, you're not going to prophesy out of turn. If you're a true prophet, you're going to, you know, do things God's way. They're going to be decent and in order. You know, we have to be very careful. But I think, you know, in some church circles, we've given prophets way too much leeway. But in, in other circles, there are sometimes there are pastors. Now, let me let me talk to you, pastors, because some of you pastors and don't, you know, understand now when I say, you know, the church that I pastored was a very active church in the gifts of the spirit. Okay. And, you know, just saying this, not trying to say I'm somebody or, you know, anything like that, but I'm saying this because you have to understand the experience that I've had with this. You know, one of my primary gifts is prophecy. It's speaking prophetic. I mean, if you've been around my ministry for any amount of time, you know that. And it's something that, you know, I didn't ask for. (laughs) I never, like in the beginning, you know, I started off years ago, years ago, 20 some years ago as a worship leader. And, you know, I, I love worship. I love worship and I love it today. And I remember as you know, I would lead worship and God would begin to move. And I was pretty young at the time. And all of a sudden there were times when God would begin to speak, just speak through me. Like I didn't know, like I didn't understand prophecy. Like I, I grew up with what I know now was prophecy. You know, my grandfather would say things and things would come to pass, or he would, you know, exhort or do, you know, things that today we would probably put under the umbrella of prophecy. Well, but when I was little, I didn't realize what that was. But now, as I've had my own experience in the ministry, I realize that's what that was, right? But I never asked for it. I never, any of that. I have just tried to avail myself to God to say, God, you know, if there's anything you want me to do, if you want to use me in any way, God, I just want you to use me, period, right? I mean, there was some talents that I knew I had. I knew I could sing. I knew that I could play the piano and the organ and all that stuff. You know, those are things that I've had from my childhood, right? It was just a a talent that God had given me. But the rest of that stuff, (laughs) preaching and prophesying and all that kind of stuff, like I, that is not, that didn't even come anywhere close to my radar, right? But it began to happen. As I began to get into the presence of God, as I had a deep life of prayer, God began to develop those things in me, you know, and I had a mentor at the time for many years, great mentor that helped me to understand what was happening spiritually in my life. Right. And he fostered that gift of prophecy in me and also the ministry. Right. I didn't know I was going to preach. I didn't know I would pastor a church. I didn't know any of this stuff. But God began to allow that to develop in me. Right. And so. You know, there are some people out there who's like, well, I want to be a prophet. I want to be a prophet. I, I want to, I want to be able to, to read people's mail. I want to be able to tell people this, that. And yeah, look, if you've got that kind of attitude, that is not what God's looking for, right? 
Now, you might look at it and say, oh, wow, that's really neat. That'd be really cool if God used me in that because, man, I see how much it helps people. Well, that's a different. That's different. Right. But if you're going out there, and you're like, oh, man, I, I want to go out there. and I want to be the one to tell. No, 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 no. That's just not how it works. So, you know, I would encourage you if you are a person who you don't know your gifts right now. Just begin to pray and ask God to use you in whatever way that God wants to use you. And, you know, but I say this to say we have to be very careful when it comes to people speaking prophetic and that the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophet. Now, here's something else that I will say, and I'm camping a little bit on the prophecy only because I feel like that you know, it's one of those things where, again, it's been abused in the past. And so one of the things that I would say, so before I get into that, let me say this, you know, so there's prophecy that happens in a church setting, like we just talked about. And then there's prophecy that, you know, a lot of people would call personal prophecy. And this is what sometimes wigs a lot of pastors out. And I rightfully so. I get it. I understand it, you know, because this is where people can get flaky. This is where it could cause confusion in the body of Christ. And personal prophecy is where, say you go up for prayer and, you know, pastor calls an altar call and he's like, all right, I want everybody to come down. You know, you know, if you heard the message today and God's tugging on your heart, I want you to come down to the front, you know, that kind of thing. And our prayer partners are going to be, you know, around the altar and they're going to pray over you you know, all this kind of stuff, right? And so if those prayer partners have not been vetted well, you can sometimes have a person who is zealous, right? They're excited about Jesus. They really, really want to be used by God. And they lay hands on you. They're praying over you. And then they say something really like way out, okay? Like, you know, God just told me that you're going to be a missionary in Africa, Okay. And you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Because I actually just got promoted at my job as a new CFO and I'm doing really well. And I see God's hand all over my life in this particular situation. I see that, you know, my wife's happy. My kids are happy. You know, God opened this huge door for us. We had been praying. And then all of a sudden this person comes in and is like, yeah, God's called you to be a missionary in Africa. And you're like, wait a minute, that just does not make sense. Well, here's the thing. Sometimes people are just off. That's just all it is to it, right? Now, there are some people who will prophesy that and it will be true. But here in my over 20 years of ministry and most of it prophetic ministry, you know, it's very rare that God will give directional And when I say directional, I mean concrete directional prophecies like that, where it's like you are called to go to Africa. You should go quit your job. You should do like things like that. Usually it's exhortation. You know, God just wants God, you know, I was praying for you and I just feel like God spoke to me to tell you that, hey, you know what? You, you know, that God's hand is on your life or, you know, God's getting ready to move in some situations you've been praying about lately or, you know, God hasn't forgotten about you or what, you know, things like that. Right now, again, there are times when God will speak through a person with a word of knowledge where they read your mail. Right. Like you're like, I've never told this person this before. How do they know that I've been searching and I've been just, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, whatever it is that the spirit of God downloaded to them about you that you didn't hear, like, there's no way they know, right? There are times when God will do that. But a lot of the times God is going to speak something that is going to connect with your spirit. It's going to connect with something that maybe that's been prophesied over you before, something that your pastor has already told you or something that you've been praying about, or God has already nudged your heart about, you're just going to have a witness in your spirit. Now, there are sometimes it will not be any of those things, and it might be truly a prophecy from God, but it's something that you just don't know about yet, right? God has not, that was your first time hearing it from God, 
right? You didn't hear about it in your personal prayer time. Your pastor hasn't talked to you about it. None of that. Just all of a sudden you get this word. It's dropped into, you know, dropped into your spirit. Now, here's what you do with that. You take that, you put it in the back of your mind or put it on the shelf. You prayerfully say, God, you know what? I don't know what that was all about, but if there's something to that, God, I just want you to confirm that word, right? And God is so awesome at doing that. Like, so you'll be, it'll be two years later and somebody will confirm that word again, or it could be two days later and somebody confirms that word, right? Or circumstance confirms that word or whatever the case. I mean, there's just so many things that God uses and people and ways that God uses to speak to us, right? And so, yes, that is something that happens. So that's personal prophecy, right? Or somebody will call you on the phone and say, hey, brother or sister, man, I've been praying for you. And I just really believe that God is telling me. And then they'll go into whatever they feel like God is, has told them, right? Uh, that's personal prophecy. And so we've got to be careful with that, you know, and I would say anybody who feels that they have the gift of prophecy, be in prayer. That's one of the biggest things I can do. Be in a lot of prayer. Also, be in your word, right? Know what the Bible says. Don't just keep going around saying, well, thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord, but you have no idea what the Bible actually says, because truly, that's the word of God. <laughs> so, and everything that you say needs to be lined up with scripture. And so one of the things that I went over this when we talked about prophesying the presidency and, uh, oh boy, I cannot remember what episode that is. I'm actually looking right now. You're getting some more live. That's what happens when you're doing things live, but you know, prophesying the presidency, that was something that was really important for us to talk about. And this was around the time it was, so it's episode 29, right? So if you want to listen to that one, I went into a lot of things about prophecy and I talked a little bit about why these the prophets were wrong. Remember, there's a bunch of prophets talking around the election and they were like, oh, Trump's going to win a second term. Trump's going to, I I see it, I decree it, I declare it, right? They were calling angels from Africa and Africa and Asia and whatever, you know, all these things, right? Okay, well, let me say this. I am not going to sit here and try to judge all the prophecies and all the people who prophesy, especially these big time prophets that you know, release statements and videos and all this kind of stuff and speak to you know, world events and all of these type of things. There's a lot to say there. That's what I can say. But let me say this, you know, every single person who prophesied that this president, Donald Trump, that he was going to win a second term. Well, he just didn't win a second term. Right. And then prophets were coming out saying things like, well, you know, he did win. They just stole the election. Well, that's not how you prophesied it, though, right? You didn't prophesy that, that he was going to win, but the election was going to be stolen, right? You also didn't hear, you know, because a lot of prophets came out then and said, well, you know, maybe it's not this term. You know, we're just prophesying that sometime in the future, he was going to win the presidency again. Okay, okay, okay. We're just stretching it out, right? Just be humble and admit that maybe, just maybe I missed it this time right? Just maybe I missed it this time. And I think we have to be careful. And, and even when I say that, guys, I respect prophecy so much that even when I just said what I said, I cringe inside a little bit, right? Because I never want to say that something is not of God when it is. But, you know, I really feel like, and God can correct me if I'm wrong, I Lord, I, I definitely welcome that. But, you know, I feel like the proof's in the pudding, right? Who's in the White House right now, right? It's Joe Biden, not Donald Trump, right? So, and I'm not saying, listen, you know, you go back and listen to some of the previous episodes. I'm not saying that everything was on the up and up. I don't know. I wasn't there, right? I just, I don't know. But here's what I will say, right? I'm a preacher, not a politician, okay? So I'm going to stick with the Bible. But let me say this. Let me say this. We have to be careful when it comes to, to prophesying like that. Let me give you really quick, four quick things, just four quick reasons why a prophet can be wrong. Sometimes a prophecy 
comes out of someone's heart instead of out of the spirit of God, right? Somebody prophesies over you and says, man, you know, you're going through a financial situation and that person might say, I just see it right now. I see money. Oh, I, man, God's getting ready to pour out the windows of heaven. And then you go through some of the worst financial stuff you've ever went through in your life, right? It's bad, but then it gets worse. Okay. Now that person, because they love you, is prophesying out of their heart, not out of the spirit, right? Still wrong. Still need to repent. Still need to go back to God. Still need to do all the things, right? But that person, they may mean right, but they're prophesying out of their heart instead of out of the spirit. Another reason why a prophet could be wrong is they're being presumptuous, right? They're just being presumptuous, right? They're just presuming things. And I think that was one of the things that happened with the election, right? People began, they saw the big rallies, they saw the polls and what they looked like. They saw all of that. And it was like, man, I don't see how this person's not. And they saw that, you know, President Trump, you know, he leaned pro-life and he leaned you know, pro-America and some of the conservative Christian values and and all of those things. And it was like a lot of people, you know, looked at it and just presumed, well, God's there's just no way that God's not going to put him back in that office. Right. But he didn't. Right. That's why it's so important to hear truly from God. Another reason why prophets can be wrong is they feel pressure. Right. Especially people who have big ministries or worldwide followings, right? These people are on TBN and God TV and whatever, Daystar and all these other channels. I don't watch that stuff. Well, I do at times, but I watch it for research purposes only. Um, but you know, you get these people out there and they feel a pressure. Sometimes because everybody's watching them, everybody's asking, well, you know, what's the word, pastor? What, 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 what's God speaking to you now? What's God saying? I've literally heard people ask people that on TV. Well, what's God speaking into your spirit right now? What's what's God saying now? Hey, it's nothing wrong with that question because God should be speaking to all of us at all the time. Right. So we should always have something that we feel that God is speaking to us in, in, you know, in that season of our lives. But there are times that you feel pressure and I don't have time to go into. I have a example, but I don't have time. It's my own example. I'll just briefly brush over it. I was many years ago, you know, young person moving in the prophetic. I was at a church. I was called to speak, invited to speak as a guest speaker at this church. And I was there. My pastor was there. And I remember at the end of the service, the pastor of that particular church said, Hey, you know what? I want Kevin to stay up here. I believe that God's going to speak a word in due season. I believe God's going to speak over your life. I think God's, you know, God's going to work. And so we were, I was up there, he was up there and there was, and my mentor and pastor at the time was up there that I served with. And I remember that there were just people just coming, just coming, just coming. And God just began to drop words. I'd never met these people before in my life. God just began to drop words, you know, about these people and things about these people. I began to speak over their lives. And then I remember I got to this one lady and I just remember now, mind you, in the moment, you know, the music's playing, people are praying, crying out to God there. You know, I'm speaking over people's lives. The other pastors praying over people. There's, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's moving. It's going, God's doing things right and in the heat of the moment, I remember this lady, it was the next lady up because people were standing in line and it was the next lady up. Guys, I say this to you. This is one of my most, one of my most embarrassing moments. I will never forget this ever in my life. And I will never, I promise God, I will never do this again. I promise God that. I said, Lord, I will never do this again. But I remember this lady came to me and I did not have a prophecy for her. Like it was just weird. Like I had a prophecy for all of these people in line, like, and I had prayed for, and God just began to drop words in my spirit. Right. And then all of a sudden this lady comes before me and I was just blank. Now I was a young prophet, didn't understand everything. Okay. But there was pressure there. So I began to pray over her and I began to just say some generic things. And I remember when I opened my eyes, the lady was just kind of looking at me like, what is happening right now? Um, you know, and I remember 
realizing in that moment, I wasn't the person. There was three pastors up there. I felt the pressure because I was the guest preacher that I was to have every, you know, like, well, it, there must be something. There must be something. And no, sure enough, my mentor and my pastor, she moved over after she got out of the line that my line, she moved over to where he was praying for people. And man, God just downloaded a flood of things, a flood of things through him for her. Right. And so in that moment, I should have known because I wasn't getting anything, I should have just prayed and passed on. Right. But instead, I felt pressure. Right. Now, I didn't say anything wrong to her. Not that I can remember or anything like that. It was just very generic, you know, but that's not what God wanted. God wanted her to get a specific word. And that's what my mentor and my pastor at the time, that's what he did. And so I say that to say to any younger, you know, prophetic people or people who are being raised up in the prophetic or, you know, if that's a desire of yours, listen, listen to me, listen to me. You only speak as an oracle of God. Don't speak as an oracle unto yourself. Don't feel pressure to speak and say things. If God is not speaking, we keep our mouths shut as prophets, right? We don't have to speak. God will find a way. He doesn't need help, right? And it's not always going to come from you. It's going to come from other people as well. And so we've got to respect that, right? And then that the last thing, reasons why prophets could be wrong, is just lack of personal time with God, right? You know, think about if you meet somebody at the airport, right? And, you know, you don't see them for another 10 years, If that person called you in the airport 10 years later, you probably wouldn't even recognize that person's voice. Why? Because you haven't spent time with them. Well, it's the same thing when it comes to your time with God, right? In order for you to hear God's voice, you have to spend time with God, right? And so, you know, if God is speaking to you, if you're spending time in his word and in prayer, it is going to be easier to hear and understand and get familiar with the voice of God, right? And so, but sometimes because, you know, people just kind of, they try to move in their gifts and don't spend their own personal time with God. Sometimes they get, they, they're not hearing well. That's just all it is to it. And so I know I camped out on prophecy quite a bit, guys, but I really, 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 really wanted you to understand the different types of prophecies, what that looks like, you know, how prophecy should work in the church. And all of that good stuff, you know, and, you know, some pitfalls that people fall into when they are prophetic, right? And why sometimes those prophecies don't come to pass, you know, because of some of those things, right? And there's other things, okay? But those are just some of the things. All right, let's move past, (laughs) let's move, you know, past prophecy and let's go to, we are going to look at the gift of discerning spirits. Love, love, love this gift. All right. Now, this is a gift to recognize whether or not something is truly from God or in accordance with righteousness, right? This is an awesome, awesome gift, okay? This is like a spiritual sixth sense. I don't know if that's even appropriate to say, but however, I don't know, you know, (laughs) you could text us 248-301-2010 if you want to get involved in this conversation, 248 301-2010. You can tell me if that was not good or not. But, you know, if you have any questions of anything I said, anything that I've talked about so far, don't hesitate. You know, comments, questions, any of that. I'll be more than happy. Listen, I don't think I'm the only one right, okay? I also don't think I have a corner on the truth. I do my best to study the Word of God. And, you know, I research Bible scholars and, and different things like that. And try to be humble, you know, come humble, not not that I know everything, right? And so if you disagree with me or you say, hey, Kev, I I need you to read this scripture or something, I'll be more than happy to engage in that, right? But as you study and as you get deeper into the word of God, you begin to get more concrete in some things. And the gifts of the spirit is one of those. I just believe very heavily in the gifts of the spirit, you know, but the gift of discerning spirits. Oh, gosh, what a great gift. What a great gift gift, 
right? This is a gift where you might walk into a room and no one else realizes it or notices or gets it, right? And you say, you know, something's just not right here, right? That person that's up, that's speaking, mm, something's not right. Or the atmosphere is just not, something's not right. You know, you discern, you know, somebody could be speaking and it could sound very religious, but you realize, you know what? That has nothing to do with God at all, right? Or, you know, maybe somebody's prophesying or giving a word of knowledge in a public setting or in a private setting, but in a public setting, we'll just go with that one, right? And you can discern from where you're sitting, that is not a word from God, right? And you're able to just shelve that word, uh, shelf that word, just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to take the good and leave the bad. You know, that was decent exhortation, but prophecy, no. (laughs) You know, you can just discern these things. Beautiful, beautiful gift, right? And then we have the gift of tongues. Now, this is the gift that we were speaking of earlier when someone may speak a word from God, but they speak it in a tongue. Right. So not a tongue that we know, maybe. And I'm not saying that they we wouldn't be like there might be somebody they somebody might be speaking in a tongue and it could be another language. Right. But the majority of people there or no one there knows it. OK. The only way is that God reveals what the person said to another person or to the same person who spoke in that tongue. OK. So that person may give their own prophecy after the tongue or somebody else would interpret that. But that's the gift of tongues, not to be confused (laughs) with the indwelling and filling of the Holy Spirit or that your prayer language, right? So we have our prayer language that some people have where they speak in tongues privately, okay? This is not a public interpretive language. This is between them and God. They may be praying in tongues at their seat or praying, you know, sometimes worship leaders will pray in tongues. You know, maybe when they're, you know, worshiping and I know there's could be some controversy there. Well, should they do that if, you know, if nobody's in turn, like all the things, right? I just don't have all the time to go through all the scenarios here, but you get what I'm saying, right? But that's different than the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues is simply where someone has a word from God and they deliver that word in tongues. Again, that person themselves can either interpret it or someone else that is in that group with them can interpret it, okay? Different than your prayer language. And then we have the gift of interpreting tongues. Now, this gift is simply to interpret the speech of what someone just spoke, right? So somebody spoke in a tongue, you can interpret what they said. You have no, you know, the majority of the room has no idea what that person said. But God has given you this gift to be able to translate it. Beautiful, beautiful gift. And then the gift of administration. Love this gift as well. You know, just a gift that keeps things in order, right? And in agreement with God's principles. Sometimes you see people that have the gift of administration. They work in the church office. Truly, they're on the executive board or they sometimes work in a non-church, maybe it's a secular job, right? They just have a gift of administration. That's awesome, right? Now, do you see how all of these gifts, we've got one more, but you see how these get, like, how is that not a thing for today? None of this should sound weird. None of this should make you go, well, I just don't, I just don't get it. Why would somebody have the gift of administration today? Why would somebody have the gift of helps? right? And I know you say, well, Kevin, that's not the ones I care about. I care about the tongues, brother. What about those tongues? (laughs) Oh man. You might say, Hey, what about the prophet? That's the thing. That's the stuff that wigs me out, man. You have to ask yourself, would God take all of these gifts that he knew? Now we've got these in Corinthians, right? Would he take a few and say, you know what? Eh, just not going to do these anymore, but we'll do these, right? I mean, is he going to do that, right? Just think about it. Just think about it. Sometimes our personalities, this is deep now, but it's, I'm just, I'm going to go there for a second. Sometimes our personalities won't allow us to. We're like, oh my gosh, if I spoke in a different tongue, I would look so weird, 
right? Oh, if I like look deep, look deep, look deep into yourself and make sure, make sure. And you know what? Sometimes God has to reveal this to us, right? Because we always want to be composed. We always want to be poised. We always want to be dignified and look a certain way. We don't want to ruffle any feathers. We don't want to look any different than, you know, what we dressed up to be when we left for our house for church that Sunday morning. You know what? Sometimes the spirit of God, sometimes you get sweaty. Sometimes you speak in a language that you don't know. Sometimes you say things you never thought you would say as an exhortation. But then, you know, those things are added to edify and build up the body of Christ. Right. So don't shy away from these things. Right. And I would encourage you if you're in a denomination where you say, Kev, we don't do that. Right. We don't talk about Bruno. Right. We don't talk about gifts of the spirit. Right. We don't talk about tongues there, brother. You know, Okay, I got you. I got you. I'm not going to split hairs with you on there. But here's what I would say. I would encourage you to read the Bible for yourself and understand it. Right. And embrace the things that God has. All right. And then the gift of helps. This is a gift. And it just, it's truly a desire to always want to help others and just to do what it takes, right? I mean, you see this again, another gift where it's like, why in the world would these gifts just die off? (laughs) I know, I know. It's just a tongue and prophecy. All the rest of them are good. I'm just having some fun with you guys. I'm just having some fun with you there. Don't get mad at me, but the gift of helps. The gift of helps, right? We see this. Let me tell you something. If people did not have the gift of helps, we would be sorely lacking in our churches, right? You know, those people who, when service is over, they, you know, the pastor's like, I need everybody to clear out. We're going to, you know, we're going to set up for a totally different thing. So we got to move all the pews or the chairs or whatever. And we got to, you know, put tables up or whatever the case may be, or they're the first ones to cut, to raise their hand when they say, Hey, you need help in the nursery. You need help in the cafe. Do you need help in the, the church store and all that kind of stuff? Well, I go to a cool church. So we have all that kind of stuff. Shout out to Pastor Dave. <laughs> We've got a bunch of cool stuff. So, you know, but there's a lot of places to serve, right? And these people are like, Oh man, count me in, right? Think about that. What if the church didn't operate in those gifts? Where would we be? You know, you wouldn't have a sound guy. You would have nobody to turn on the microphones. You wouldn't have any. I mean, come on, guys. Think about this. And God is not going to give us half the gifts. God wants, he wants us to have the fullness of who he is. So, you know, I know that you guys have seen some unhealthy parts of these things, right? But just because you see something unhealthy doesn't mean it's not real, right? You know, I've I've made this analogy a few times on the show, right? And I just, I use it because I I think it's a really good picture of it, right? You know, it's like atheists, you know, they say, well, there is no God. Well, you know, they kind of throw out the baby with the bathwater. You know, people say, well, you know, and I always say, well, it's like you having a bad dad, right? You know, your dad might not have been a great dad, but that's not an argument that he doesn't exist. Well, it's the same thing with the gifts of the spirit, right? Just because somebody abuses them or have abused them in the past, or you see them being abused on TV, it doesn't mean that the gifts are wrong or not for today. It just means that there are people who don't, don't simply don't understand theology, don't understand. They're not reading the scripture of how these gifts should operate and they just let things happen, right? I've heard of all kinds of weird stuff, weird stuff, like people barking like dogs, right? I've heard, you know, if you see some of the, and I say this with all due respect to some of our African listeners that are in Africa, but look, some of these pastors that are in some of these countries where they watch TBN and some of these other shows where they have televangelists on, right? And not everybody on TBN and God TV and Daystar is wrong. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just mentioning these TV programs because these are the stations that literally is pumping 
what their theology throughout the entire world, not just the U.S., the world, right? And they're influencing some of these other pastors and leaders in some of these other countries, and they're taking it to the extreme, right? I mean, and you look it up for yourself. There are certain pastors in Africa that have people, you know, crawling on the ground like animals eating grass, right? That's despicable, just absolutely despicable. God would never have you doing something like that, right? So things have been abused. And I'm sure he told his congregation that the Lord told him that they were supposed to do that, right? That's why I say things like, be careful when people just, well, the Lord said, the Lord told me to tell you, brother, you know, sure. Man, it's like, man, when does God have any time for anything else? Because he is just, you know, totally following you around, telling you everything to tell everyone, Right. Right. And I know, trust me, I know God is a transcendent in time, blah, blah, blah. Don't text me about that. I'm just saying to make a point. <laughs> I'm just saying to make a point that some people hear from God so much. I'm like, when does anybody else get to hear from him? Right. You know, so you have to be a little wary of people like that. But by the same token, these gifts are real. I've seen them in operation. I have operated in some of them for years. I've seen what God does. Man, if I could give you some examples of some of the things, man, my wife, you know, man, my wife has been with me through all of ministry and she knows and she's seen things with her own eyes, things that there's no way, no way had to be God, right? And so, you know, I want you to come out of this time together And take a new, a renewed look at the gifts of the spirit, right? You know, take a renewed look, take a renewed look at the gifts of the spirit. And so, listen, you can jump into this conversation, 248-301-2010, And, you know, let me say this before we go today. You know, you should never, and this is back on prophecy again. I've just seen some crazy stuff, guys, and I don't want you to get tricked by any of this stuff. Never send anybody money for a prophecy. You know, if you call a ministry and they tell you, if you send us $50, we're going to send you a word. And I'm telling you, a member of my church, when I was pastoring, literally this happened. And somebody said, well, you know, and I think it was, I'm not sure hundred percent, but I think I know which famous pastor this was, but yeah, you know, and he was weird stuff weird stuff. Like he said, I want, he sent her this cutout thing and she came to me, she's pastor. Is this, is this right? Is this good? And I said, absolutely not. One, you should never pay for a prophecy, right? Two, you know, he sent her this weird like circle thing and told her to cut pieces of it out and put it under her table. I'm This is a, if I told you his name, you would know exactly who I'm talking about right? This is not, he gets millions of dollars is donated to his ministry, right? And he said, put these paper under your dining room table at different sections under your dining room table and pray and do all these weird things. I mean, it was weird. God doesn't work through that. That's not what God is about, right? You know, you shouldn't. So if they send you something or you call somewhere or you go in line, I've seen this as well. This is the type of abuse that I'm talking about. I've seen, I have literally sat in services where there is three or four different prayer lines. One is the $50 line, another $100 line, the $75 line. And I'm going to tell you right now, I sat there and watched preachers. If you were in that, you know, the, the more money you gave. So if you're in the $200 line or the $100 line, oh, they gave you all these elaborate words and prophecies and this and that. If you were in the $10 line, I remember this one guy, he said, I don't care what you got, pennies, your your food stamps, anything. Guys, that is, trust me, I did not go. I went there because a family member asked me to go because we were out of town and it was a train wreck. And it, nothing about that had to do with God, right? It had to do with money, right? And so, you know, the people in this, like I say, the $200 line or the $150 line, they were getting all these great prophecies. The people that were given pennies and food stamps weren't getting pretty much anything. They were just touching them on the head. There's not words that I can say that I have no words for that, right? So when it comes, I get it. I get it. At the end of the day, 
just because those people and those circumstances were not handled properly does not mean that the gifts of the Spirit are not for today. I want you to think about it, okay? I want you to think about it. And if you've got questions, I want you to text me. I want you to text that line, 248-301-2010, 248-301-2010. And we're going to do everything that we can to answer those questions. I also want to say Kyle is great. Kyle is doing wonderful. You know, I haven't said anything for a few weeks now, and I just want to make sure, you know, people are like, oh, where's Kyle? Is he Kyle? You know, no. Kyle is well. Again, like I say, he is taking a sabbatical. This is good. This is what more pastors should do. And so I just want you to know he is, I talk to him every week. I see him every week. We're, you know, everything's great. It's beautiful kids, beautiful family. I tell you, they're growing. They're, God's doing some good things. And so I just want you to know he is well. And, you know, we anxiously, but we are patient. We anxiously await (laughs) his return. I love my buddy. I love, love, love doing this show with him. He's got so much wisdom and, you know, he's a great friend. He's one of my best friends. And so I love to do the show with him, but I just want you to know that he's doing well. All right. So, hey, listen, thanks again so much for spending this time with us today and like I say, you can rate and review us. Go listen to us everywhere. Apple, Google, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon, all the places. Go find us. Share these episodes with your friends, friends that are maybe struggling through some of these things. Let them hear this. I've already done the work for you. And you can just say, say, hey, you had that question about this? Here you go. Why don't you listen to this on your run or when you're at the gym or going to work or what have you don't forget to follow and subscribe to us we've been a blessing to you go to thinkingoutloudmedia.com thinkingoutloudmedia.com and then you can go there and if you scroll down to towards the bottom there's a donate button there click on there it'll take you straight to paypal you know all of this money is going into the ministry to reach people all over the world we love you god bless you have a fantastic rest of your week and i look forward to seeing you next time all right Bye-bye.